ready to get in the word? So, so the clock needs to slow down and, um, or I need to speed up or you need to listen fast. Um, and, uh, so I don't have a, a whole lot of time to review on what I dealt with last week. Um, but if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter three, Hebrews chapter three. And in my sessions, um, since the beginning of the year, I've been talking about faith and talking about trust. And last week I, I dealt with this aspect of confidence. We talked talking about having faith in God. It's about having faith in a person. It's not having a faith in a concept. It's not having faith in a church. It's not having faith in a denomination. It's about having faith in God. The Apostle Paul says, I know in whom I have believed. He didn't say, I know what I believe. He said, I know in whom I have believed. This is about a personal relationship, all right? It's, it's, not, it, it, it's not about, it's about you having a personal relationship. And, and your faith rises and falls on that relationship. And, and we understand that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? And it's not because I have more faith because I memorize more scripture. Is but as I read scripture, I get to know the author of the scripture. Okay? So that's why faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not because I can quote a lot of scripture, but because I get to know him. Amen? I get to know him personally. And so we're talking about getting, getting to know him personally. Uh, and, la- and just one last thing from last week. I talked about Abraham and how Abraham said he was fully persuaded. Right? He was fully persuaded. Paul had faith in a person. Abraham had faith in a person's ability, right? Uh, he, he was fully persuaded that God was able, right? He had faith in his ability. And I define this word persuaded as being filled with just one thought. Say it with me. Filled, filled. with one thought. See, when you, you, you don't become fully persuaded until you're just filled with just one thought. Because if you're filled with a second thought, then you're not fully persuaded. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't be, have a second thought come. It just means that, that every time that second thought comes, the one thought is you're filled with one thought. If I'm filled with just one thought, there's not room for anything else to stay. So because I'm filled with that one thought, when the other thought comes, it just pushes out that other thought. Why? Because I'm fully persuaded. And so when we talked about confidence. So thank you, Father. Hebrews 3, verse 6. It says, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Now, it's interesting, he says, hold fast the confidence. So we're going to look at some other scriptures here, but he says, hold fast the confidence, meaning I'm not to let this go. I am to acquire this and I am to hold to this confidence. Then he says, end rejoicing. Now, it's interesting. He says, I'm holding fast to two things. I'm holding fast the confidence and I'm and the rejoicing. Now, it's interesting that Abraham said that he grew strong in faith as he gave praise and glory to God, right? He, he grew strong in faith as he gave. There's always a connection between, between faith and praise. 
See, I believe praise is a outflow and a a fruit that I am in faith. Just as peace is a fruit of faith, and I believe joy is a fruit of knowing I'm in faith. And you can see that in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. But here he says, hold fast to the confidence and rejoicing and the rejoicing of the hope. Now, this rejoicing here means the glory and praise that hope gives. Now, it's interesting. If I said, I'm saying that word a lot. It's interesting. (laughs) That this, thank you, Father. That hope is a blueprint. Hope is a picture. You know, we talk about 2020. God is opening a new door and bringing about supernatural increase like never before. Now, as that word came forth and we see the scriptures that came forth with it, we lay hold of it and it produced that word produces a hope. Right. You know, it's kind of like the prophet stood up and Dr. talked about this a couple weeks ago. And he talked about by this time tomorrow. See, that word by this time tomorrow. Things are going to change. There's going to be a turnaround by this time tomorrow. And it brings forth a hope. If I, if I said, Vic, by this time tomorrow, I'm going to give you a hundred dollars, Vic. Well, maybe not you, man. Uh, Joseph, by this time tomorrow, I'm going to give you a hundred dollars. Now see that, that's a hope. And so, so there, there would be, oh, okay. There's going to be, there's going to be like an excitement, right? There's, there's going to be an excitement and there's going to be an expectation. And, and, and hopefully if I just said that to you, you, you'd be like, thank you. Thank, thank, thank you, Pastor Justin. Thank, thank you, Pastor Justin. You would say thank you, right? You, you would say thank you. you. <laughs> okay. A hundred dollars for you. A hundred dollars. hundred dollars. So, so now you see this and that's like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> Now, so, but see, because there is a, there is a, because see, there's a, I I just released a word and because of that, there was a, there was some rejoicing. There was something attached to that, right? And so here we see in the scripture, it says, and hold to the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Meaning as I'm, I'm not letting go of my hope and because I'm not letting my go of my hope, I'm not going to let go of my confidence, nor am I going to stop rejoicing. Do you see this? Meaning if I'm in faith and I'm holding to confidence, then I also have to be rejoicing. Why? Because I'm holding to the hope firm unto the end. Meaning I'm not going to let go of this hope. And how can you tell I'm not going to let go of this hope? Why? Because I'm not going to let go of this confidence and I'm not going to let go of my rejoicing. Firm until the end. So we have to hold to confidence. Say hold to confidence. Now let's go to Hebrews chapter 6. Verse 10 says... For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. 
Now, in Hebrews 3, we saw this phrase, hope unto the end. Now we see here, he says that you have this full assurance of hope, this full assurance, hope unto the end. This full assurance here means most certain confidence, meaning I am not going to let go of my confidence. This full assurance, give diligence, you have diligence, meaning I've got to hold to this confidence. I have to hold to this most certain confidence with hope until the end. I don't know where you might be in your life right now, but if you've been given a promise by God, I want to, I want to tell you, don't let go of your confidence on the fulfillment of that promise. Have full assurance with hope until the end. So in both of these things, we're seeing that we're holding to this until I see it manifest in my life. Meaning I'm going to hold to this. And because I hold to this, I'm going to re- I'm going to continue to hold to rejoicing. I'm going to continue to hold to my confidence until I see what I'm believing for manifest in my life. See, this is, this is Bible hope and this is Bible faith working together. Now, then it says this, let me read the tail end of that, that you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be not slothful. That means that you be not slothful. That means you could be. So in these two verses, he says that you show diligence. Then he tells them, don't be slothful. That means you could be. That means it's a choice. That means you could be diligent or you could be slothful. You could be sleeping when you should be awake. You, you, you could be lazy when you should be working. So this is not, this is not in God, this is not God's court. This is in your court. And so the writer here is saying for us not to be slothful, but what? Followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. So you show the same diligence and don't be slothful, but be followers of those who through faith and patience inherited the promise. So if I want to see the fulfillment of the promise is going to require these two things, faith and patience. So we see holding to comfort, confidence and rejoicing. We see full assurance of faith with hope unto the end. And now we see faith and patience. Thank you, Father. Now let's go to chapter 10. Kind of going through this a little quick. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Verse 35 says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. So here... What is the scripture? If the scripture says cast not away, that means I could say that I could also mean that I could cast it away. See, it goes back to this is this is in your court, not God's court. Okay. So the writer here of Hebrews is telling them cast not away. Therefore, your confidence. That means you'll be tempted to. There's things that I, I'm, I've been believing God for years. 
And there's times where I've been tempted to let go of my confidence in that. But here I have to look at scripture and what does scripture say? Cast not away, therefore your confidence. Which has a great recompense of reward. Which, which, which has a great recompense of reward. So now it tells me why I shouldn't. Now it tells me why I don't need to let go of my confidence. Why do I not need to let go of my confidence? Why? Because it has a great recompense of reward. And, and what I learned from doctors years ago, this word recompense means payday. How many people like payday? You know, this week is payday for me anyway. <laughs> I don't know when you get paid, but, but understand that, that, that the same thing goes for from a spiritual standpoint. If you hold to and don't cast away your confidence, there is a payday coming. But it says, don't cast away your confidence. Why? Which has a great recompense of reward. Now, I see, I see these, these phrases here. Hope until the end. Faith and patience, they inherited the promise. And I see great recompense of reward. Do you see that? Meaning there's an outcome if I choose to hold to my faith and hold to this confidence. Now let's look at the next verse. And this is really what I want to deal with in the next 15 minutes. Verse 36. For you have need of patience. Cast not away therefore your confidence. Which has a great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience. I believe we will. If we. Let go of patience, then we'll cast away our confidence. You have need of patience. So the answer to not letting go of your confidence is to understand this word that we don't like as patience. I don't like being a patient. I don't like waiting. I don't like waiting. I don't like... None of us like waiting. And, I, I, and naturally, I, I don't like waiting for the promise to manifest. I, I don't, I don't want to wait for what God says is mine to manifest. I, I want it, and I want it now. Amen. But what I have to come to a place is I have to, I have to hold to this confidence that, that it doesn't matter what's going on around me. It doesn't matter what I'm facing. I have to hold to this confidence. But the issue is, if I'm going to hold this confidence, then what is the writer here saying? For you have need of patience. Now, can, can you be honest with me and just say this with me? I have need of patience. I have need of patience. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Did I just lose a bunch of you? <laughs> Why is patience so important? Turn to, turn to Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. See, there's always a... The Word says that we need to labor into that rest, the same rest that God entered into, Right? I talked about that that a few weeks ago. Thank you, Father. Luke 
because we're always going to be tempted to be pulled away from rest. Because why we have need this need of patience? Because there's I'm just let's just read the scripture. Verse twenty one. Chapter twenty one, verse nineteen. It says, In your patience possess ye your souls. In your patience possess ye your soul. Now The very thing that's going to keep you from wanting wanting to cast away your confidence is going to be your mind, your will, and your emotions. You know, it's not happening quick enough. I need this. I need it now. And Or you get this report or you get that report. Immediately what you're going to be faced with and inundated is, is, is the mind games. You know, you know, Joyce Myers, Dr. Savell, you know, the battle between your ears. You know, that's that's the thing. That's where that's where you're going to make the decision to let go of your confidence. Faith, faith is not a natural thing. Faith is a spiritual thing. So so the thing is, but the enemy is always going to want you to live out of here and not out of here. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So, so what I have to, I have to, I have to continue to get to this place where I'm living out of here and not out of here. Right. And so, why do I have need of patience? Because in patience I possess my soul. In patience possess ye your soul. So when I understand the 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 spiritual force of patience. Then, because patience is not a natural thing, but patience is a spiritual force. (laughs) It comes out of the fruit of the Spirit. And it's in this patience that I possess, I, let me use a better word, arrest. With patience, I arrest. My soul. Because your soul will want to dictate everything that you should do. What you could do. Influencing from other people, what they're saying, what they, what everyone else is doing, what the world's doing, what the world's saying. And it's going to try to come in and it's going to try to make you like this. And what is this? James 1, you're tossed to and fro. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded, another word for double-minded is a two-souled man. A two-souled man is unstable in all his ways. So here, why, why do I need a patience? Because if I patience, then I can possess my soul. Because my, my natural soul is going to be the very thing that will try to move me off of faith. And move me away from the word of God. Move me away from the promises of God. Do you see that? In patience, possess ye your soul. Now let's go, let's look at, uh, let's go to Psalms 40. And let's see this in action. By looking at the psalmist. Thank you. 
Thank you, Father. Psalms 40. Verse 1 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and he heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of a miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and he established my goings. Now think about where was this this man at? He was in a miry pit. He was in a horrible pit. A horrible pit. He was miry clay. He was as low as low can go. But what does he say? I waited patiently for the Lord. Meaning, meaning what was going to bring him out was his patience. What was going to cause him to rely upon? I waited patiently upon the Lord. You see, he was in a horrible pit, but at the same time he was in this pit, he didn't allow the pit to be on the inside of him. He didn't allow the pit to dictate where he was going to end up. I waited patiently. I waited patiently on the Lord. I waited patiently on the Lord. And he heard my cry and he delivered me out of that horrible pit. Meaning, it doesn't matter where I might be. I'm going to wait patiently because I know eventually, I know one day I'm going to see my hope, the end of my hope. I know one day I'm going to see the, 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 the recompense. I know one day there's payday coming and I'm going to wait patiently. And it doesn't matter if I'm in this horrible pit right now. I'm going to wait patiently on the Lord. Man, what a position of faith. See, it says, be followers of those who through faith and patience inherited the promise. I'm telling you, the promise isn't going to come automatic. The promise isn't, isn't just going to ha- fall off like, like, like ripe, ripe apples off of a tree. The promise is something you're going to have to stand for. It's something you're going to have to press into. It's not something that you have to earn. Don't, it's not about earning it, but I'm telling you, the enemy does not fight fair. The enemy is going to do everything in his power to keep God's promises coming to pass in your life. But I'm telling you, it's in this patience that you possess your soul. Because it's in your soul where you will not be fully persuaded. And patience possesses your soul. Thank you, Father. Let's go to James 1. James 1. Thank you, Father, for the word. Hallelujah. Faith. Faith. Thank you, Lord. Verse 2. says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this. Knowing this. Hallelujah. See, knowing is a word of confidence. Knowing, knowing this. Meaning, when I'm facing temptation, I know something. Yeah. Just, like that, just like that man that said in the horrible pit, he knows something. I waited patient, and he will. He will deliver me out of a horrible pit. And he will set my feet upon a rock. And he will establish my goings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into, into Divert different temptations. 
Now, we know later on in this chapter, he tells us that, that God doesn't tempt any man. So understand where, where are these temptations coming from? Okay? He tempts no man with evil. We know that. It says that a little bit later in here. But count it all joy. Count it all joy. Count it all joy when you fall in diverse temptations knowing this. I can count it all joy because I know something. I can count it all joy because I know something. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. Trying of your faith. Now, listen, the people have created so many doctrines out of this scripture. The trying of your faith, that God's trying to put you through something. That God wants to do something. What's being tried here? Patience. The trying of your faith. Meaning, when your faith is on the line, it puts patience to work. You see, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. When, when I'm going through something, Vic, then that's when my patience goes to work. Okay. Do you see that? Now, now, like I said, people create all sorts of doctrines about what this scripture is. But really, what it's coming down to is, is I can count it all joy. Why? Because I know when I'm facing up against the wall and I'm facing something, my, my faith is putting patience to work. <laughs> Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let, but let, this is a word of permission. But let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. When I let patience work, (laughs) when I let patience work, I'll be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. How can I count it all joy when I'm facing attacks? Why? Because I know my faith is going to put patience to work. And I know when patience has its perfect work, I'll be perfect and entire, wanting, wanting nothing. Want perfect and entire, wanting, wanting nothing. What a life would that be? Perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Yeah, peace. Why? That's patience is such a, so connected to our faith. Faith puts patience to work. And when you let patience work, when you let that spiritual force of patience work, and you hold to confidence, and you hold to the word, and you let patience work, you let patience work, and what happens is, You'll be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let's see if I missed anything. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Now, this word patience here, it's a characteristic. This New Testament word patience, it's the characteristics of a man who is unswerving from his deliberate 
purpose and his loyalty to faith. Deliberate purpose. His deliberate purpose. We can't let go of our patience because we let go of our patience, we will come short of what God wants to do in our lives. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. There's times in my life, I, and I know we've all asked this question, but I'll make it personal. You know, how come, God, you didn't do? And, then, and I wrote this down. He, this, this was actually years. I went back into some journals. And I wrote this down. He said, and the Lord asked, he said, let me ask you a question. How come you let go of your patience? You let go of patience. He said, I'm not done yet. He's not done yet. He's told me this. He goes, allow your mind, will, and... He goes, Justin, you allow your mind, your will, and emotions to dictate your life instead of the Word of God dictate your life. So we let, let patience have its perfect work. Patience is a fixed trust. Patience is a fixed confidence. Patience is a vehicle that will get me to my destination. Patience. If I let it have its perfect work, I'll be perfect entire, wanting nothing. Go to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Luke chapter 8. For the sake of time, this talks about... Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. This is Luke's account of the parable of the sower. Now, now take an account. Remember, if I hold to confidence, I hold to faith... It has great recompense reward. Remember, if I hold to confidence uh, and firm to hope unto the end, so I'll see, receive the end of my faith. Perfect, entire, wanting nothing. I think, now, if I look at all those words, we could, we could classify these words as being, being fruitful. We could classify these words as harvest time. Now, now let's look, because patience, to me, is the key that, that brings about the manifestation of harvest. Okay? So pay, faith, let faith and patience have its perfect work. Then I'll be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Patience is the key to bring about the manifestation. Amen. Now let's look at this. For the sake of time, let's look at, just look at verse 14. And verse 14 and 15 of Luke 8. And I'm going to read this in the Amplified. He goes, as an ask for what fell among the thorns... These are the people who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked and suffocated with the anxieties and cares and riches and pleasures of life. Now, remember, impatience possesses your soul. Now, what does this sound like? That seed that fell among and was choked and suffocated by what? Anxieties, cares, riches, and pleasures of life. That, those are all things in your soul, right? Your mind, your will, and emotions, Correct. So this is the word that was sown there, and, and it was choked 
That word was choked. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So the word went forth. So therefore faith was able to come. But because it was choked by the cares of this life. It was not fruitful, right? It says, it says the Amplified, and it says, and their fruit does not ripen. It doesn't come to maturity or perfection. So they didn't have fruit. They didn't have harvest. Why? Because something in their soul caused the word that was sent to bring faith be uprooted. And because it was uprooted, it didn't bring forth harvest. Do you see that? I'm teaching here. Okay, verse 15 says, But as for the seed in the good soil, these are the people who, hearing the word, hold it fast. They hear the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And they hold it fast in a just, noble, and virtuous, and worthy heart. And steadily bring forth fruit with what? So they bring forth fruit with patience. So it was the word being sown, the word brings faith, they hold to it, and the harvest was brought forth with patience. I'm telling you, the manifestation of supernatural increase in our lives is connected to not just faith in that word, but it's patience in that word. Because it's in patience that will possess our soul, because our soul will move us off of the word. But patience will cause us to hold to the word to bring about manifestation. Now, let me close with this. Go to uh, Peter, Second Peter chapter 1, and I'll close with this. You can also mark um, in your notes. You can go back and look at it another time. You can, you can mark James chapter 5, verses 7 through 8. Through eight. It talks about the husbandmen and talks about those that were working in the field. And it, tell, it tells them, to, it goes on and says, be ye patient. And it says, establish your heart for the coming of the Lord. So it says, be patient. And, and so just mark that because it has to do with patience and it talks about harvest. But let me close here with Second Peter and we'll call it a night. Second Peter chapter 1. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you. I'm in first Peter. Sorry. Second. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Verse five says, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge. So we got to add something to our faith. Well, he says, add virtue to your virtue knowledge and to your knowledge temperance and to your temperance what? Patience. So I'm going to have to add something to my faith. You say, well, I just have faith, brother. Well, Peter tells us here, add something to your faith. Add virtue. Add knowledge. Temperance and, and patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. Now get this. For if these things be in you. Remember, you're adding your faith to something. Faith and patience, you inherit the promise. So add to your faith virtue. And it says, if these things be in you. Now, I could go on and teach on each one of these principles to add to your faith. But for the sake of tonight, 
what was one of the things to add to your faith? Patience. And then it says, and if these things be in you, what things? Faith and patience. So if faith and patience be in you and abound, they make you that you neither shall be barren nor unfruitful. Wow. So if I add faith, if I I take faith and I add patience to it, it tells me here and that patience abounds. It says, I will not be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. I will not be barren. But I'll be fruitful. So if I add patience to my faith, wow, I will be fruitful. Say fruitful. Fruitful. Hallelujah. Now let's look at verse 9. But he that lacks these things, say lacks these things. It says he is blind and cannot see afar off. And he's forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wow. Meaning if if you lack patience... Then what happens is all you can see is in the moment. All you can see is what's in front of you. It says you'll be blind and you can't see. It doesn't say you can't see. It just says they can't see afar off. Meaning all you can see is what you're going through. If you lack patience, then all you can do is see the moment. All you can see is what's not working, what hasn't happened, what what hasn't come true, what God hasn't done. You won't be able to see far. What's seeing far off? hope and you'll let go of your hope because you let go of your patience because you can't see afar off father we thank you for the word tonight and we thank you father that you are solidifying in our hearts a life of faith and father i thank you that we are growing in faith hallelujah from one degree of glory to another degree of glory Line by line, precept upon precept. I thank you, Father, that faith is being established in our hearts. But not just this aspect of faith, but it's this this patience, Father. Father, that we would not let go of our patience, but we would allow patience to have its perfect work. And, Father, I thank you that because of this force of patience, Father, I thank you that each one of us is coming into a greater place of fruitfulness. And, Father, because of patience, I thank you that our life is and will be marked by manifestation of supernatural increase, manifestation of fruitfulness. So I encourage each one of us tonight, and myself included, that we would not be slothful, Father, but that we through faith and patience, with inherit in the promise. We thank you for it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You receive this word tonight? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Give God praise for the word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for pulling on the word. Amen. And being hungry for the word. And just being receptive to the Holy Spirit, the teacher. And allowing me to be able to teach and, and just impart to you these truths. So we, we, grow, we grow up. We grow up, right? We grow up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You know, because it says grow up. It says grow up into him. Grow up into him. 
Stand to your feet before I dismiss you. Why Grow up into him who is the head, even Christ. And, and I want you to, to see this because we, we're being conformed to the image of the Son, right? Come, come, the image of Jesus, right? That, that's what I'm out for. How about you? Amen? Now, now look at this. this. This is about Jesus, okay? Because this is what I want to be like. Just now listen to this connected with what we talked about tonight. It says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and in the patience of Jesus Christ. Wow. Now, think about that. He says, he goes, he goes, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in, in tribulation and in the kingdom and the patience of Jesus Christ. Wow. I want, I want Jesus' patience. How about you? So much so that John, this is whom the, the disciple whom Jesus loved, the one that put his head back on Jesus' lap, the one that he took, he took his mother, took his chest, and, 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 took, and took his mom and said, said, John, watch over her. And, and, and John built his mom a house in Ephesus. And this, this one, it talks about this this, this companion and talks about this, the kingdom and the patience of Jesus. Wow. Look at your name and say, I'm growing in patience. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And I thank you for this congregation, Lord. I thank you for heritage of faith. I thank you, Lord, that I call them blessed and prosperous. I declare that they're always in the right place at the right time. I thank you that everything they set their hand to prospers. I thank you, Lord, that you set up divine encounters for them. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that that every chair, Father, in this church is filled every Sunday, no matter how many services we have. Father, we thank you, Lord, that I declare that they're out of debt, their needs are met, and they have plenty more to put in store. I thank you that you are doing great things in their lives and through their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Have a great rest of the week. See you this weekend.